Do you struggle to find your voice in a noisy world? Do you feel your voice lacks confidence and energy to accurately communicate your thoughts, ideas, and passions? Do you wish there was an easy way to give your voice what it needs to captivate your audience every time? My name is Clay Collins, and like you, I struggled with these issues for years. But I found a blueprint that can help you change the way you think about your voice and therefore the way your voice comes across to others. Welcome to the My Voice Mentor Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the number one way that you can improve your voice, probably the best way, the thing you're never going to stop doing if you're striving to improve as a speaker, public speaker, podcaster, singer, whatever the case may be. This is the thing that you should never turn off on your journey to becoming excellent at what you do. And the good news, it's absolutely free, 100% free. I'm just going to give you the keys. I'm going to show you the best way. Now, my advice to you today is going to come with some caveats. In fact, I'm probably going to have to spread it out over a couple of podcast episodes. But I'm going to give you the blueprint today on how to regularly make progress on your voice and to utilize tools that you have at your disposal that are 100% free. But before we go on to that, I want to make you aware of my free five-day vocal boot camp that I want to give you just for coming and visiting me today. Uh, it is probably the best five days that you can give your voice. And again, that's absolutely free. I'm going to give you my five most important tips and tricks and tools to improve your voice right now today. Absolutely free. All you've got to do is go to myvoicementor.com forward slash bootcamp to get started. All you got to do is put your email address in and you can start your five-day journey with me right away. So let's get into today's topic. The truth is there is one way to learn most things. We have two sides of our brain. One is cognitive and one is creative. One is very intellectual on that side and one is very experiential. One is knowing from a cognitive level or a understanding level in the sense that you can explain things and the other is learned primarily through experience. And if you rewind yourself all the way back to the beginning, Think about how you learned in the early years of your life. Did you learn through chalkboards and diagrams and vocabulary? No, you learned through imitation. The primary way that we began to take steps and to begin to make sounds with our voice and to hear things and say things and make out words, it was all done through a process of imitation. We would imitate the sounds that we would hear. We would see other people walking around and we're on all fours and we begin naturally to mimic and imitate the world around us. We would hear a sound and we would try to make that sound. Well, this is the way, in my opinion, that we should learn most things. There are things that just have to be experienced. Think about learning to drive a car. One of the hardest things I think every human being has to learn how to do is drive a car. Now, most people wouldn't believe that driving a car is hard, but it's actually exceptionally hard. I mean, think about it. You've got all these dials and controls and volume switches and, and gears and knobs and gauges you have to read on your car. Meanwhile, you have to monitor traffic in front of you and behind you and on the side of you. You have to manage other stimulus in the car, maybe it's a screaming child or 
a radio that's communicating things to you. There's all sorts of things going on. Meanwhile, you're going 80 plus miles an hour down the road with a bunch of other torpedoes that at any point could become a death trap for you. Driving is extremely difficult, but most of us find it to be a relatively easy thing. Well, why is that? Well, we had somebody model what good driving was like. Before you started driving, you were probably in a vehicle at least 10 years experiencing what a smooth ride feels like, watching mom and dad very closely, the way they darted back and forth, the way they handled the wheel, the way they engaged the brake. Now, most of this was interpreted subconsciously. It's not like we consciously think of these things, but we experience it for 10 years being a passenger before we sit down. Now, the first time we get in front of a wheel, it's excruciating. It's extremely difficult and nerve-wracking and fearful. And the first time, do you remember the first time you got on the highway? You're like, oh my gosh, why do people do this? This is, this is so dangerous. It's really funny. I was watching the Waltons with my family and back in the 30s, vehicles only topped out at around 35 miles an hour. In fact, 25 miles an hour is considered speeding in many, in many rural communities, which is kind of funny when you think of today, we drive almost four times fast, faster than that. But my point is that this is something that's extremely difficult that most human beings learn how to do. And the reason why we get pretty good at it is because of this process of modeling. Most of us out of necessity have to learn how to drive. So therefore we invest a lot of time. You probably don't remember, but it probably took you anywhere from six months to a year to get fully comfortable behind a wheel after doing it every day, sometimes for two and three hours a day of navigating the dangers, navigating the obstacles in your path until you achieved a level of mastery over that skill. So therefore you took something that's actually very difficult and you made it easy. Well, the voice is the same way. And if we're going to invest in our voice, we have to learn through a process of imitation. And most of us, if you were raised in a house where there was a lot of singing, or if you were blessed to be in a house of singers, where there's always a voice in the background singing, see, that's the way my family is. Mom and dad are always singing songs, and we were singing songs when our children were young. Well, as a result, they, even though they don't necessarily consider themselves singers yet, maybe one day they might, they are very accomplished singers because they've been hearing it their whole life. They've been hearing mom and dad sing. They've been just around, they've been immersed in it. And so therefore, because they've heard good music being sung, they have picked it up just naturally, intuitively. Well, what if you weren't raised in a house where they were singing? What if you have never been a part of a school choir or something like that? How do you, how do you pick up on this thing? Well, my first piece of advice would be to think about the music that you listen to. Think about the singers that you like, the ones that you listen to regularly. Maybe there's one or two or three or maybe even more of them that you'd like to adopt some of their qualities. You'd like to sing like them, not necessarily to copy them, but you want to model and emulate the things that they do. Well, this process is a process of gathering source material. And this is a principle in life that is used in various studies where if you're wanting to grow in an area, you gather source material. Let's say you're trying to be a writer. Well, the best way to become a writer is not to sit down and start writing, but it is 
to gather some of the great works of literature and read it and study it and break it down into smaller parts so that you can, using the blueprint that has been set for you by somebody who does it well, you're able to break it down and try to formulate your own sentence structures and your own ideas and thoughts. This is the five-step process of synthesis where we take in information, we break down information, we summarize information, and then we begin to use that information, those building blocks to build new ideas. This is the essential way that human beings create. And for the singer, it looks like this. When I was seven years old, I was raised listening to music as a lot of young people were. And I was beginning to get interested in music right around the age of five. And I was introduced to singers and bands like the Eagles, Doobie Brothers, John Denver. And I, I really loved listening to them. I was a big fan of John Denver when I was a young child. I just loved, I loved the heart that carried through in his music. And then one day I heard my first Stevie Wonder album. And something just ignited in me. Before, I just enjoyed the music. But when I heard Stevie Wonder, there was a synchronization of frequency. I can't describe it. But in my mind, I said, I want to sing like that. So then I began to study. I began to study how he sang. Not, not in an academic sense, but in an intuitive sense. I listened very intently to how he was making sounds. I'd listen to the way he would move his voice around and the vocal runs that he would do. I would listen to the timbre and the quality and the tone of his voice, and I would work to, to some degree, match his tone. And sometimes I would get it right, other times, maybe not so much. But in this process of me mimicking or modeling or imitating Stevie Wonder, over time, I began to develop a sound that didn't necessarily sound exactly like Stevie, it was similar but I was able to use his model and blueprint to help shape and form what ultimately has become my individual sound, which we all have. But I didn't stop just with one person. I began to study other singers that I liked and that I felt resonance with. And then I began to combine things that I like from one artist and things that I like from another. And as I began to do that, something new began to take shape. A new sound began to take shape. And, and it was very powerful. And I would say to you, if you're wanting to become a singer and you're wanting to improve your voice, think about the singers that you like. Think about the artists that you listen to. Maybe you don't want to sound exactly like them, but what about their voice do you like? Grab your notebook actually write down the characteristics and the traits of possibly two to three artists, two to th three singers that you like. Write down those characteristics. Those become your source material for what you want to focus on your voice. Maybe they do articulations particularly well and you want to be able to do that in your own voice. Maybe they have a great high range to their voice and you want to develop that in your own voice. But what you hear and what you like in another singer is the very thing that's going to help you add focus and direction to your own singing. But what if you're not a singer at all? What if you're a speaker? Well, that's great. You have tons of source material among speakers. If you want to become a public speaker like somebody like on a TED Talks, well, you could search 
hours and hours of free content from people who are tremendous public speakers. You can both assess and analyze what they do in their presentation that you like. You can also identify some things that maybe you don't want to adopt or, or take in. You can actually choose your mentor by seeking out the ones doing it well the way that you want to do it and just model after them. When I teach a vocalist, whether it's in public speaking or singing, 90% of what I do is make a sound and then prompt them to imitate that sound. Make a sound, imitate. This is the process of modeling. I model through demonstration what I want the student to reproduce, and then they reproduce it. Then they understand how not only to make the sound, but how to internalize that feeling so that they can reproduce it more consistently. 90% of learning to sing or to speak is done through a process of imitation. And that is something that I encourage, whether you are at stage one in your process or whether you are further down the road. This is a very important principle that will help you improve your voice continually throughout your life. Now, there's one thing that you do have to be careful, and that is most people have good traits and bad traits in their voice. Most people have areas of good technique and areas of bad technique. And it's possible that sometimes you might adopt and model and mimic something that might sound the way you want it to sound, but from a technical standpoint, it might produce some damage or harm or problems in your voice down the road, which we don't want. And this is where I would come to my second point, that while you can improve and develop your voice and you can choose your mentors by using a lot of source material, it's very important that you also have an actual coach, an actual guide helping you navigate these waters so that you don't adopt the wrong habits. Believe me, it's very important in your development not to pick up bad habits because bad habits are ultimately going to really cost you down the road. But the flip side, good habits are going to ensure the health and longevity of your voice for years and decades to come. Which leads me to my final point. If you need a vocal coach, I want you to check out myvoicementor.com. I offer an extremely affordable way for you to get live access to me directly working with you as your vocal coach at a very affordable rate. And it doesn't matter where you live. I offer this to people all over the world. And we have weekly online coaching calls where people come in and make progress in their voice regularly. So if you're serious about improving your voice, again, the first step is take my five-day vocal boot camp, but then consider being a part of my vocal coaching program if you're serious about taking your voice to the next level. I want to thank you so much for listening today. And again, do me a favor and hit the like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. And in the comments, give me some feedback about this episode. Was it helpful for you? Are there some questions that you have that you would like me to address on future podcasts? It really helps me to hear from you. So let me know what is frustrating you about your voice. I would love to help you on your journey. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, go ahead and rate and review. That helps us reach a wider net of people. And I want to help as many people as possible with their voice. So again, until next time, thanks for joining me today and keep investing in your voice.